0: Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, May 20th, 5.56 a.m. Central, as I speak here. July corn futures down six and three quarters at 776 and a half. December corn down six and a half at 729 and a half. July soybeans up one and three quarters at sixteen ninety-two and a quarter. November soybeans down three quarters of a cent at fifteen thirteen and three quarters. July Chicago wheat down 11 and three quarters at 1188 and three quarters. July Kansas City wheat down 14 and a quarter at 1281. July spring wheat is down 14 and three quarters, 1315 and three quarters. Last trade there. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, like, leave me a comment. To help me to continue to grow this channel. If you need some additional information for me, guys, go to my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service. I send my premium Subscribers, a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email, uh, weather information, charts, graphics. My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this. Yesterday, I did a video which was really just kind of a reminder. It was called, Can the Mar- Can the Markets Be Predicted? And I talked about the business of, of attempting to predict what the markets might do, uh, trying to predict trends, trying to predict where the top or the bottom might be. Uh, ran through some statistics, actually, and kind of quantified this. So if you guys are interested in this subscriber content, You know, some of it I get really specific in regard to grain marketing and charts and numbers and other things are more opinion editorial pieces like this one, Uh, sign up for that deal. It's 50 bucks a month. Cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. Russia has totally dismissed calls from the United Nations and the West to allow Ukrainian grain exports to resume. Moscow's UN ambassador told a meeting of the UN Security Council uh, yesterday, I believe, that rising food prices have been caused by Western sanctions against Russia and other factors he did not acknowledge at all calls to negotiate the shipment of Ukrainian grain from Black Sea ports. He said this, attempts to lay the accusations at our door aren't just absurd, but they're blasphemous. That's what Russia's ambassador to the UN said. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said this, the decision to weaponize food is Moscow's and Moscow's alone. So as we kind of expected, uh, there is no progress here. Russia is not going to uh, take any steps whatsoever at this point to allow Ukrainian grain exports uh, to resume. And I think most people would agree that Russia is absolutely responsible for some of the high food prices uh, that we're seeing Currently, Ukraine has a a ton of grain that's just stuck in the country. Um, They're going to have reduced production, reduced export prospects, uh, all of those things. And that's all due to the invasion and uh, nothing other than that. U.S. drought remains active, but has been reduced in some areas. I was running through some of the statistics here this week. So USDA estimates that 21% of U.S. corn areas are experiencing a drought, and most of that is in the uh, western part of of the country, of course. But that number is down. It it was unchanged on the week, but it's down from 36% in mid-March. So we've seen a pretty significant reduction in drought areas. Soybean areas, same deal. Uh, 12% of U.S. soybean areas experiencing a drought, but that's down from 26% in mid-March. Spring wheat areas experiencing a drought fell to 31% last week from 35 the prior week. That number was 99% in terms of spring wheat drought uh, back in September of last year. So you can see North Dakota doesn't have very much drought here at all on the map. And uh, almost the whole state was was covered by drought uh, in regard to this map You know, back late summer last year. Winter wheat, 66% of U.S. winter wheat areas experiencing a drought. Down from 68 last week, it was as high as 73 in mid-March. So you've still got a lot of drought issues across the Southern Plains and these HRW wheat areas in particular. Now, speaking of that, the Kansas wheat tour ended yesterday. The Wheat Quality Council ran six routes around Manhattan, Colby, and Wichita yesterday. The date... tour estimate of 55.2 bushels per acre was uh, drastically better than uh, what they saw in the tour the first two days, which were areas further west. And further west was where the drought was quite a bit worse, of course. So in total, uh, the tour estimated the Kansas wheat crop at 261 million bushels. USDA is at 271. This would be the lightest Kansas wheat crop since 2014. If confirmed, the state yield estimated at 39.7 bushels per acre, which would be down 19 bushels per acre from last Year or pretty close to that. So, uh, no surprise here. The wheat crop in Kansas is not good. And I think even if some rains hit now, it, it may be too little too late. Uh, on the weather front, we do have some rains moving across some areas of the Corn Belt and and the country here this morning. Uh, Kind of a a system across parts of South Dakota, Southern Minnesota, some scattered stuff in Iowa. And then there's a big system over Ohio, uh, Wisconsin, that say northern half up there into parts of uh, Northern Minnesota, seeing some rains also. Now you're gonna see some larger accumulations here over the next seven days. There's this big band here from Texas, Oklahoma, uh, Arkansas, Missouri, through uh, Central Illinois, a lot of Indiana, uh, most of the South. They're gonna see some heavy rain Here over the next seven days, most of this accumulation begins, uh, say, Tuesday or Wednesday next week. So, you're still going to have a decent stretch here, uh, planting window for a lot of areas. But a a lot of these areas, central and eastern Corn Belt, um, you know, some areas of uh, the Mid South and and the Southeast, they're going to be fairly wet here. Now, I know that there's a lot of planting progress that has occurred. I think you're going to see a big bump in um, progress noted again on Monday afternoon, but definitely some rains coming back in. Uh, here over the next seven days. India's government cut its wheat production estimate. Uh, This is just kind of an update on what is now an old story. The country is now likely to harvest 106.4 million metric tons of wheat down from their previous estimate, which was 111 and change. Uh, Prior to this year, India had produced five consecutive record wheat crops. So if this new estimate is confirmed, this is still the third best Indian wheat crop on record. So this is not a disaster by any means. Now, there are, of course, some analysts and Traders out there who believe that further declines are on the way due to adverse weather. Uh, the Indian government, of course, announced this uh, ban on wheat exports last week, which caused that spike in wheat prices on Sunday night. But since that, uh, the wheat market has essentially erased uh, just about all of those gains. Export sales were a mixed bag last week. USDA had its weekly export sales report out yesterday. Old crop wheat sales were a marketing year low. You know, the marketing year is wrapping up here, so I guess that's not shocking. Uh, new crop wheat sales, okay, at 326000 New crop wheat commitments are about average versus the last five years, and you could look at that two different ways. The first way to look at an, at an average book of new crop wheat sales would be that, you um, uh, you know, Ukraine's got all these issues and we're short of wheat. Why are we not selling more? The the second way to look at it is that, you know, wheat's twelve, thirteen dollars and we're still we've still got an average book of exports, which I suppose maybe is impressive. Um Uh, We'll see what happens in regard to wheat exports in the U.S. I know that we're priced uh, quite a bit, quite a bit higher than some of our competition. Old crop corn sales improved at four hundred thirty-five thousand, but still down thirty-six percent from the prior four-week average. Uh, New crop corn sales were good at five eighty-nine. Total new crop corn commitments are the second best on record seasonally at five point six million metric tons. Old crop soybean sales were strong at seven hundred and fifty-three thousand. That's a good print for old crop this time of year. Uh, New crop sales were kind of soft at uh, 150, but new crop soybean sales are the best on record seasonally at 11.4 million metric tons. So we've got some strong new crop uh, demand for corn and soybeans in particular, and it's very early, of course. Uh, Things can certainly change there. We have a cattle on feed report after the close today, so be prepared for a little bit of volatility in the cattle market, perhaps on Monday. Uh, Live cattle futures were mixed to higher yesterday. Feeder cattle were lower. Cash has been kind of Quiet. Uh, 138 in the south. But remember, we've got that report after the close today. Outside markets uh, fairly quiet here. The uh, U.S. dollar is marginally higher. S&P's up 41. The Dow's up 272. Bonds are off just a couple of ticks. Precious metals marginally higher. Crude oil is up 18 cents at 110.07 in the July WTI. Have a great weekend, guys. I'll talk to you Monday.